This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Who's the winner? Some may say none of them. But let the games begin. Three questions, one winner. It's Cram Session with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. And our corrupt, sometimes even devious, Judge Jonathan Harrison. Yep. Who was the gatekeeper (laughs) of the questions and the points awarded if you're new to Cram Session uh, we have brought back one of our favorite segments from the old Roycey and Mackey show. And uh, now that we have three of us here, and uh, a diff- it used to be Corey Rates, Roycey, and Mackey, our old producer, Corey Ruff. So Corey is uh, not Jonathan, so we did, but we didn't want to make it like Dram Session, and the that acronym didn't work. Sense. Right. And so we just kept it Cram Session. Correct. And then like, but then like Judd's name is a J, and does that fit in there? Do we put the Z? Crams. It's too much. It was a lot. It was so really way. We too got much. rid of the acronym, and it's just it's cram session. Yeah. Jonathan asks us three questions. He awards points, and there's a winner every. Day. I love that he's owned his corruption. You say corrupt judge Jonathan Harris. Yep. 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 That's me. I signed the emails. The corrupt judge. <laughs> well, what did you sign it today? The corrupt judge with regards or with I honor? Said, uh, with honor. With honor. I the like how you're judge. still the honorable Jonathan Harrison, but of I'm corrupt. I mean, why wouldn't I be? Well, it's America 2019. You go for it. Living my best life. There are Jets. people who have uh, honorable positions and uh, are corrupt. Don't know what you're talking about. Oh, uh, let's move on. <laughs> we'll move on to our first question. YOLO, Jonathan. YOLO. That's uh, all I got to say. No, not YOLO. <laughs> we don't say that. Remember? Nope. That's been replaced with uh, living my best life. Yeah. YOLO is one of the stupidest <laughs> things of all time. I agree. I'll Thank digress. you. <laughs> so for our first question, we'll continue the uh, Twins Kool-Aid we've been drinking for the first hour of the show. The Twins are winning the World Series this year. There's no question about it. Okay. So who is the MVP of the team and why? It can, this can also include a player that's not currently on the roster. So GMs, make a trade if you want. Rami, I think I let off last time. So in I will, uh, I'll keep it real simple. It's somebody who's on this roster, and it's Eddie Rosario, who is not going to slow down. He's not pumping the brakes either. He's cut the brakes. He's full speed ahead for the rest of the season. And not only is Eddie Rosario going to be in in the in the all-star game not only is eddie rosario going to be the twins mvp before this season is over eddie rosario is going to be in the discussion for al mvp when this season is all and is said and done and that's why he will be the twins mvp at the end of the year and that's my answer to the first question of cram session all right i feel that like the twin success is making us overlook one player and i took this question as to mean they win the world series and so it's a it's a cumulative for regular season and playoffs and world series mm-hmm. mvp okay i feel one guy that we are taking for granted a little bit here is a guy who's 6 and 1 with a 2.53 era and he's the only guy from that group that came up who's basically continued to ascend without any blips jose Barrios. Barrios has been absolutely fantastic. And if you're going to win 
um, the AL Central, but then more importantly, get in the playoffs and win in the ALCS, ALDS before that, of course, and World Series. Briss is going to be making multiple starts. He's going to be fantastic. He is ascending gentleman to an ace. Like he's not just your, he's our ace, he's a one. He's ascending to a MLB ace. My answer is Jose Barrios. So my answer isn't the guy who's been the best player on the team so far, although he's been one of them. But he's a guy that I think just gives this wise, old sage feel to the clubhouse and also comes in and backs up whatever sort of reputation he had coming in here uh, with production. It's Nelson Cruz. There's just something about... Jim Tomey had that effect on the Twins in 2010, although that team didn't need it as much because they were winning for years going in. Torrey Hunter had that effect. It's not a coincidence when you bring in a guy who's like 38 years old and still has some gas in the tank and hits home runs and picks things up off pitchers and can offer guidance on the road, on planes, behind the scenes. And then they go out and they back it up with their bat, too. You know, the Twins have had some times, and Judd and I made fun of this four or five years ago, where they're bringing back veterans, and we're going to bring back Matt Guerrero and Jason Kubel on minor league deals. Jason Bartlett, chemistry Jason guy. Bartlett, and they can't perform at all on the field anymore, and so they don't have any credibility. But when you can hit bombs and also have wisdom to offer, I think that's just invaluable, and it trickles down. It's hard to quantify, but you're telling me that Nelson Cruz hasn't had some sort of an impact on, like, Jorge Polanco? On yep. uh, eventually on Miguel Sano. I mean, one of the one of the hopes was that Nelson Cruz would mentor Miguel Sano. We haven't even seen that come to fruition yet because Sano's been rehabbing for the last two months. So I'm going to say Nelson Cruz. All right, I like all these answers because again, it keeps with the positivity here. Eddie Rosario is a good shot because he's he's leading the league and uh, he's leading the AL anyways in betting average right now. You're out. Uh, he's out though. Jose Barrios. I love this pick and I was leaning towards it to begin with because I I'm all in on. The Barrios train. I wrote, wrote that down that he's uh, going to win the. I think he's the not Scion, getting credit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. he's not going to win this one because yeah. I am a fan of old guy leaders. Right. And Nelson Cruz is that old guy leader who yes. just mashes at 38 years old. Nelson Cruz is our winner for this awesome. one. Awesome, right. Good right. See the look on Remy's face right now, Jonathan. Knew it just boy. irritated. Yeah, he's not happy at all. That's fine. I thought all three were were just yeah. great answers. They were all great, great answers. Great answers, guys. There's only one winner. There's one really good answer. Yeah. There can be only one. It's like there's only, only, <laughs> there's only one corrupt judge, of course. Right. There can only be one corrupt judge. It's room only enough for me. But that was not corrupt. No. All those answers were good. <laughs> question number two. All right. So question number two. The Toucher and Rich show. It's a sports talk show in Boston. Head on a Carolina Hurricanes beat reporter to help preview the upcoming Boston-Carolina Eastern Conference Finals. Four minutes into the interview, Toucher hung up on Raleigh News and Observer Hurricanes beat reporter Chip Alexander and said, quote, I just can't listen to a guy with a southern accent talk about hockey. So, with that in mind, what is the most arrogant sports take you've ever heard in your life? <laughs> uh, I'd like to go last because I've got something to read about this, okay. I, I did okay. some deep research. It directly involves at least Mr. Mackey and myself. All so right. Um, like well, I, I actually brought some. I just emailed Jonathan some audio evidence of my. Oh, I don't one. have anything to read or audio evidence. I'm going to lose well, this one. This so. is a competitive segment. Okay? That's not necessarily true. You you had some lame answer two weeks ago and won. That's true. That's so, true. So I'm going to set this up. There was there was a, a high profile free agent, Kevin Durant, a few years ago. Never heard of him. That wasn't happy about a certain ESPN talking head <laughs> reporting information about his potential destinations in July of 2015. Jonathan, mm-hmm. let's roll the tape. 
Old-timers, they don't want Kevin Durant just because his name. They want him because this brother's going to do big things, and they're going to see to it that he's going to do big things. Are you trying to tell me these large markets are not a consideration? I said nothing offensive about him. I will not say anything offensive about him. I still stand here today telling you he's a good dude, mm -hmm. but he's wrong. And the guys that put it up to him, put him up to it in their own way. I'm not talking about literally his comments, but in their own way, with their chirping behind my back all the time. Mm -hmm. They're wrong too. And the sensitivity that these guys are showing, they are making unnecessary enemies. Mm -hmm. I am not one of them. I won't be. I got too much love and respect for who these guys are and what they mean to my community. Okay. But I will say this lastly. <laughs> you don't want to make an enemy out of me. And I'm looking right into the camera, and I'm going to say it again. You do not want to make an enemy out of me. I'm not having it. I've done nothing okay. wrong, and I'm not going to tolerate it. Let me stop you there. <laughs> I'm not going to tolerate I think we need to make that Stephen as part a. of the <laughs> intro for the corrupt judge. Stephen a. That's what I Skip back in the day. I yeah. forgot Skip was still on the show back yeah. then. Oh, that's great. I so, forgot about Skip Bayless good. altogether. Well, I was so, happier for it. So yeah, yeah, making five mils, so you, don't Robbie. worry about him. So if the question is... The most arrogant oh. sports take you've ever heard. An ESPN talking head looking into the camera and saying, you do not want to make an enemy out of me. It has to be pretty high. But you know, when oh, I saw that, I finally got Stephen A. Smith. I was like, oh, he's a, he's a pro wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's, he's got the promo. That's, that's what Stephen A. is doing. I was flipping around yesterday, <laughs> and uh, I, I caught a rerun of part of first take yesterday. And Stephen A., like the beginning of that show, He's in such a zone where they're kind of, you know, Molly and Max are kind of you know, clowning around and Stephen yeah. A is, is on the, the split screen camera. And, uh, and they throw it at him like, Stephen A, how's it going? And he goes, let's roll. And he cracks his neck, does the, like, the, the neck crack to both sides oh and the shoulder shrug like, like he's ready to, he's ready right, to step into an octagon. Pro wrestler. He's a pro You're wrestler. Right. Yeah. So Stephen A. Smith ranting about oh. Kevin Durant. The guy also never stops. He's like available twenty four seven. Well, until he falls asleep. It's on like camera. it's three a.m. and something just happened. Let's go to Stephen A. And I don't even blame him when he falls asleep on camera, man. The dude is like always. He's always on the clock, always working, never stops. I res I respect that, Jonathan. While that was playing, I sent you an email. Still waiting for it. So let's go with Joe right now. I'm really? seriously still waiting for it. I'm, okay, I'm not making that up. That's the right. Okay, okay. I'll so, let you know when I have it. So my first thought about this question came to. Anything involving Philadelphia sports, right? They are the most arrogant, insufferable, bleeping, bleep holes of all time. And Phil and I, of course, experienced that on the old show before the 2017 NFC title game between the Vikings and Philadelphia out in Philadelphia. All right. That's true. So, but I found, I found confirmation right here. The arrogance of what is called the Crossing Broad blog. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I'll read this. It's a little long, but it's worth it. This person writes, I take back everything I ever said about the state of Philadelphia sports talk radio after listening to two days worth of, quote, content from the Minnesota sports talk station 1500 ESPN, <laughs> our old name, namely the Judd and Mackey show, a paint-by-numbers sports talk show with extreme and capital, extreme host Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgat. Extreme. I almost want to rip Mackey more and leave Zolgat alone. Because that poor bastard has probably already gotten so much bleep in his life with a name like that. I don't want to pile on. <laughs> I don't, got that right. I don't need Judd reading this and showing up to my house with a hunting rifle, shovel, and box of lime. <laughs> Judd Zolgad is an all-time in cabs terrible name. 
Just say it out loud to yourself. It offends, it offends the senses. Judd Zolgad. Judd Zolgad. Judd Zolgad. Judd Zolgad. It even looks terrible typing it out. Yuck. I've, I have never seen a picture of Judd, but with a name like that, there's absolutely no way he doesn't smell like spoiled gravy at all times. Well, that part's true. Yeah. Their, show, their show is really something to listen to. Where else can you hear nuggets such as, Hey, did you know that Philly actually threw snowballs at Santa and Veterans Stadium had a jail in it? And, 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 they like to drink alcohol during games and they're going to boo Vikings fans if they wear Vikings jerseys. Their insight into the mind of a Philadelphia sports fan is truly impressive. I have never heard or seen those pearls of wisdom mentioned anywhere before listening to Mackie and Judd. It's also at this point I should mention I tweeted them a, a Coggin story. And they read the entire thing on air, so I guess it's not all bad. They understood the joke. Their fans, though, have been sharing it on Facebook for the past two days as if it were a real guide on how to survive an attack by an Eagles fan. You hayseed rubes, this city would eat you alive. <laughs> that is not wrong about that last That time. is arrogance. <laughs> wow. Yes! Oh, that man. was something. The right guy there. ripping my name that is, is fantastic. The guy ripping my name is fantastic. Did you get my email, Jonathan? All right. Yes. This is. Uh... This this is arrogant, and this is this is the epitome of get off my lawn. This is Marty Brenneman a few years ago. Do you want when, the whole thing? When it's the Reds were playing the Cubs. You can cut it off when we get the idea of just how miserable an old man Marty Brenneman is when it comes to talking about the Chicago Cubs. Roll the tape. What is going on in right field? There's like seven or eight balls coming in here. Well, I take that back. There's about 40 balls coming. There are balls coming from all over the place. Left field, center field, right field. Upper deck. See, this this is the kind of thing, quite honestly, right now, that makes you want to see the Chicago Cubs team lose. (laughs) Among all baseball fans, and I can't attest, attest to the Yankees or the Red Sox because we don't see them with any degree of regularity unless it's interleague play. But far and away, the most obnoxious fans in baseball in this league are those who follow this team right here. They're throwing 15 or 18 balls onto the field. There's absolutely no excuse for that. And that is so typical of Chicago Cubs. Right, you can cut it off right there. You would have incidents like that at the Great American Ballpark, Tom Marty Brenneman, if you had fans going to your games. <laughs> but you're a terrible organization. You haven't been relevant in years, and you won't be again for years. And so, no, people don't hate the Reds the way that they do the Cubs all over the country, nor they do they love them because you have no fans. Enjoy the Hall of Fame, Mr. Brenneman. Wow. Rami's still upset about it. Yeah, I wanted to get that off my chest uh, Stephen A., I'm not a fan of him. I won't vote for anything he does. So sorry, Mackie, you're not getting the point there. Rami, you're so you're still so spicy about that Brenneman thing. I think you're going to win this one just because you're so still offended by it. It's just I hate when people paint I with a like, broad brush. I did like when they were ripping on your name, Judd. Oh, it's fantastic. Pretty good. It's pretty good. It's, a, it's, good. Like it's Philadelphia. It's Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia. All right, so soccer. Yesterday, Tottenham came back from three goals down in the semifinals of the Champions League to beat Ajax and are now headed to essentially the Super Bowl of European soccer for the first time in their club's history. Afterwards, the ESPN of England, Sky Sports, was out on the streets getting Tottenham fans' reactions, and uh, this guy is a bit ups- or a bit crazy about going to that game. I've already said to my missus, Doe, I'm sorry to tell you, but that bank account is going to get used big time. So when you see a few grand coming out of it, this is a once-in-the-lifetime opportunity for us boys 
60 years old I am this year, and I've never seen my team play in a Champions League final, so I'm there whatever. Even if I've got to go rob a bank. Gonna rob a bank. Where to cop to it? All right, boys. So, what is the one event, sports, non sports, doesn't matter, that you are getting to live in person, consequences be damned? Um, I mean, there's a. There's a number of Minnesota sports related ones. Can we include mm-hmm. Minnesota sports related ones? Include whatever you want. Vikings Super Bowl. I'll just pick yeah. Vikings. I mean, a if you were born in the 1980s or later, you've never seen them play in a Super Bowl. If you were born any time ever, you've never seen them win a Super Bowl. So either one of those two things, and I don't care if they're playing a Super Bowl in London, and that's the NFL's experiment. Got to see the Vikings in a Super Bowl. I um, I already did it. I went to the Cubs World Series parade. Now I wouldn't, I wouldn't lose my car, lose my house, and wreck my credit to to get tickets to a Cubs World Series game, which is what it would have taken. So I I didn't go to the links that that guy did. I didn't rob a bank or or empty out the bank account. But there was nothing that was going to stop me from being part of that World Series championship parade after the Cubs won because it. It was free, Bragging but no, nothing, yeah, nothing, go. nothing to was going to stop me from getting to that World Series parade, even if it meant and it did mean I was never going to actually see the bus drive by me and see the players. I just wanted to be part of that massive humanity did you go to any games? that took over the city of Chicago. World Series games? Yeah, no, I games. did. I don't make that kind of money, Judd. No, I did not. Well, you work in the media. You could have robbed a bank. Press pass. The guy said he'd rob a bank. Could have robbed a bank. Rob a bank. It's a lifelong dream. Who cares if you're incarcerated? Press pass. Press passes are hard to come by for the World Series, yeah, Madison, not and that's true. not the uh, the biggest press box there in Wrigley Field. So that wasn't really an option either. Uh, since Phil went Vikings Super Bowl, which would probably have been my pick, I am going to go with something that I think is not going to happen until long after I'm dead. So I would love to see it. And although I'm not a basketball guy, that would be a Wolves NBA Finals game, just because it's so improbable. Like the Vikings going to the Super Bowl feels like it's improbable, but it's really not. And there have certainly been times where they've been close. The Wild is too young still. Like, okay, they should have gone to Stanley Cup's finals by now, probably, with guys they signed, but they didn't. And you know what? It's not my team. But I was at the first Wolves game in 89 at the Metrodome against the Bulls. This team's been around for a long time now. And darn it, it feels like it's a damn near possibility that this team is ever going to be on the floor for a final. So I would say, just because I think I will be dead, the Wolves in the NBA. And I know this this was isn't my official answer because I already gave my official answer, but I I if CM Punk ever were to show up at WrestleMania again, yes. oh you should give him that one. I would I would, would been, I need to be there. I think that would if it's like a, especially if it's like a surprise and like I wouldn't know, but if I was there randomly and CM Punk showed up. Well, none of since none of you said the correct the real correct answer, yeah. which is a U.S. Men's National Team World Cup final appearance. No. That actually would be um, awesome. That, would that be could cool. happen yeah. in my backyard, and I wouldn't draw the shades. <laughs> well, Rami, you're never getting a point again. Uh, Mackie, I'm going to agree with you here. Vikings Super Bowl would be an amazing experience to get to, and I would do anything I could to get to it. So, Mackie, you win today. I can't believe I got right, there it is. Rami. He's just mad because I called him corn dog. I know. Oh yeah, of course he's mad. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you got a point. I didn't. That's true. I, I got blank. That's true. Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North. And uh, when we come back, actually, there's some interesting news about Gerson Rosas as it pertains to the NBA draft lottery that we have to get to. Scarves up. Listen up. It's Minnesota United Soccer. Listen to all the excitement of the world's game on Score North. Saturday, May 11th, 7 p.m. at the Chicago Fire. Pre-game at 6.30. Hear all the action on Score North. 
scorenorth.com or the Score North mobile app. United is how we play. Minnesota United Soccer on Score North. All right, thank you, Jonathan. Mackie and Jeb with Rami on the all-new Score North. If you haven't yet, please download the Score North mobile app, whether it's an Apple device or an Android device. We've got you covered. couple cool things. We will send you daily push notifications informing you and entertaining you when it comes to Minnesota sports. And also, we reward you the longer you listen to live Score North programming. So if you're going to listen anyways, or even if you're not, the longer you listen, the better chance you have to win prizes every single month in the Score North mobile app available again for Apple and Android devices. Did you guys see the news that Gerson Rosas, not only did he throw a pizza party for everyone. Now, Tom Thibodeau did that, too. He, like, carried pizza throughout the office. That was, like, the only thing he ever did for, like, the office. Was he, he smiling when he did that? He had a forced smile. I yeah. can't imagine somebody carrying a, a pile of pizzas and not <laughs> smiling, but I can picture Tom Thibodeau doing it yep. for some reason. So he definitely he definitely Here's checked pizza. that box with Gerson Rosas. I brought pizza, everyone. Who wants sausage? <laughs> Wait, that's the wrong pizza. Switch. Switch. <laughs> uh, but Gerson Rosas also will represent the Timberwolves at the draft lottery. Do you guys think that he is the lucky charm for the Timberwolves to jump into the Zion Williamson have, uh, spot. Have they done this before? I would have sent Carl Anthony Towns. I would have sent the last guy who we got lucky with in the in the in the Did draft Towns, lottery. Was Towns represented? I, I don't. He might have gone out there. He might have gone last year. Yes, or two or two years ago. They I don't. I don't, don't have remember. a ton of great candidates. Like KG would be awesome. You know, if that relationship yeah, was they, that's not happening. Better. We're sideways right. with him. But you could send like ironic, funny. Like you could send Rasha Nesterovich. That's what I would do. I would just send funny, ironic players from 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> That's what the Wolves do. You know, they they brought back what five guys. But that was this that year? was not ironically. No, but it was to us. They celebrated like, they their thirty year anniversary funny. and they brought back like J.R. Ryder. They brought back like, Cherokee what? Parks. It's like why are why is Cherokee Parks here? <laughs> Bring back a season ticket holder from year one. It would mean just as much. Uh, but I wanted just just to illustrate. I so Gert, about Cherokee Parks. It's okay. <laughs> His sister was in a uh, band that had a name that I can't say on the air. Blank Riot. Uh, Is that the band? Yeah, it's it has that it has the blank name that you just said. Yes. Kitty Kitty Riot. Yes. Okay. Um, Gerson Rosas representing the Wolves at the draft lottery. I think is symbolic because we can talk about. Fixing Andrew Wiggins and you know manage the salary cap mm-hmm. and you know create a three point centric system, but it's really the NBA draft that represents the rotted historical core of the Timberwolves, at least going back the last fifteen to twenty years. I want to illustrate, and this is not safe for radio. If you have children in your vehicle right now listening live, we're going to go back and reflect on Timberwolves drafts. Okay, so have, just a, be have a bag or a garbage can nearby because you're going to want to vomit. Yes, yeah. I just want to illustrate how bad it's been, okay? So these I've I've created a list of of players the Timberwolves passed on in the last 10 years only. So just going back the last 10 years within six picks after they made their selection. So they make their selection and within reason like the next six players on the board would have been like within range where they're sort of choosing between that handful of players, right? Is that fair to say we're mm-hmm. All right, we're selecting right now but could could take anyone I'm not going to ding them for not taking Manu Ginobili in the second round. Sure. Because that's too wide of a gap. But if you're picking ninth and a guy went off the board 12th and the guy you picked is terrible and the guy that went off 12th is amazing, well, you got to own that a little bit, right? So the Wolves picked these guys. 
the last 10 years. Ricky Rubio, Johnny Flynn, Wes Johnson, Derek Williams, Luke Babbitt, Shabazz Muhammad, Gorgie Jang, Andre Robertson, and Chris Dunn. Okay, so those are the players the Wolves said, all right, we're going to pick that guy. Mm-hmm. Gonna pick Johnny Flynn. Going to pick Luke Babbitt. He's going to help us turn things around. Yep. Luke Babbitt is going to help us turn things around. Here are the players they could have had within six picks after making those picks. All right? Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, DeMarcus Cousins, Greg Monroe, Gordon Hayward, Paul George, Eric Bledsoe, Tristan Thompson, C.J. McCollum, Stephen Adams, Giannis, Rudy Gobert, Buddy Heald, and Jamal Murray. Why are you doing this to us? (laughs) I just... Why are you doing this? It's... But it's so bad. Our one was so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Our one was a celebration. Phil couldn't let us feel good for two hours. Uh, yeah, it's only two hours show. Couldn't let us feel good for two hours. I mean, all I'm saying That's is... That's brutal. All you have to do, and it sounds easy on paper, if you're Ger- Gerson Rosas, yep, it's great. Shoot more threes. Get Andrew Wiggins to stop taking 20-footers and like get the most out of Carl Anthony Towns. But most importantly, don't draft Luke Babbitt instead of a C.J. McCollum or whatever the pairing would have been. Don't draft Chris Dunn when you could have had Jamal Murray. That was an actual decision that they... Like they Chris Dunn was drafted because Tom Thibodeau wanted the older player who could assimilate and play defense. <laughs> and Jamal Murray's the one knocking what 10 out of 10 again? free throws against the Blazers in round two. I believe he said raw at the end of that. <laughs> I think that was a raw. Luke Babbitt's career is incredible. Not I, don't a good rem- way. I don't remember him at all, and he played for a long time. There might have been one where they like they drafted him for somebody else. And they traded think, him away, but I think it is still yes. like it was their pick. They By the way, Chad tells me that uh, they sent Cat and Wiggins two different times. They either fell back or stayed put. Only time they picked first was Cat, and they sent Glenn for that. And yes. Flip was the player of basketball operations. Yes, yes. Flip actually cried. Yeah, the video that. of that is awesome. Yeah, they've them landing the number one overall pick is one of the three greatest moments in franchise history, which is more of a referendum on the so franchise. Maybe send Glenn Taylor again. If the only time they ever got the number one pick was when they sent Glenn Taylor, send Glenn Taylor again and get into the top four. They've never moved up. They've never once moved yeah, that's, up. Which is absolutely remarkable. Because when they landed Towns, they had the top chance. Right. They were the worst team in the NBA. But they've never once, not once when they've, you know, when they've had the sixth overall pick or the seventh, and sometimes teams get lucky and just even jump into the top three this year, top four. They've never even gotten lucky on that level. It's amazing. They've been in the lottery now how many times? So that's the incredible thing about it. Like your percentages are would say that that you would have moved up three times at least. Yeah, like just dumb luck. Yep. So I just wanted to throw those. Just and we know it's bad, but then when you start to lay out, here are the guys that they could have had. And the one that came to mind the other night was when Jamal Murray was just going haymaker after haymaker against the Portland Trailblazers, and think like that dude could have been. It could have been him in towns, and it, or it could have been. And it's it's easy to chapter. say, like with the Jamal Murrays of the world, Giannis, even Paul George to a degree. Those guys went a little bit deeper in drafts, and then they weren't high lottery picks per se. But that's exactly what you need Rosas to do. You need, and that's what you've needed this Wolves team to do is to find a diamond in the rough and hit on draft picks that aren't necessarily the most prized picks, and and it can be done. And I think Rosas, with his his scouting background and especially his familiarity with European basketball, I think he gives you a good chance at finding that diamond in the rough and finding a a more valuable player there than what the draft pick might be. The Chris Dunn pick was debated, right? 
When when Murray fell, I seem to recall people did debate that though. So that that was not a oh wow he's good and I'm surprised. It's such a like now the league is Giannis would have been tough. Yeah, like that's a tougher one. But, I, I sort of get that one. But Jamal, think about this, and I, I you could probably find tape of me saying oh, I understand the Chris Dunn pick because at the time we bought into Tom Thibodeau, and so I I'm not certainly not trying to exonerate my own takes off that draft. But if you look at the way the NBA is set up, and you have two different profiles, one of them's 22 or 23, can't really shoot plays lockdown, tough-nosed defense, and plays with energy. And the other guy is just a sniper-shooter guard who's 19 years old and you can develop him more, right? <laughs> like, would you ever not take the sniper-shooter guard who's 19 in today's NBA? No, you probably wouldn't. With the upside? <laughs> for, for the guy who's a lockdown defensive player in 2017 right. at the time or whatever it was? No. Yeah. Part of it was Tom Thibodeau had a vision for we need to get good now, and yes. therefore we can't have 19-year-olds playing 25 minutes because I don't want to deal with that. Well... And now it's Gerson Rosas' mess to clean up. Yeah, that's a good point. And Murray, you know what, too? That, that's a really good point because the, the question that you have to ask yourself about all those picks by Tibbs is would he have developed the guy or played the kid? Because he didn't like to really. Like Dunn, Dunn played, but Dunn probably didn't play as, as much as he should have because Tibbs still didn't really trust him. Mm-hmm. So, like, would, would Jamal Murray have gotten here and played or would he have just been relegated to, I'll bring you off the bench sometimes? Yeah, probably wouldn't have played very much. Uh, last night, we had our second of uh, back-to-back Game 7s in the NHL. In space on the far side, Don scores, excuse me, off the bench. Shot score. Jonas Don score. And the Sharks have a 3-1 lead. All right, I got a question, and this, this, is not a, this is not a hockey debate, all right? But it's an honest question about the use of replay in sports. <clears throat> So, the NFC title game was decided by the fact that common sense couldn't be used on what was clearly a play that impacted the game and cost the Saints that game largely, right? Because we couldn't use replay because it wasn't available for that, despite the fact that everyone and their mother and brother and sister and husband could see that that play was, if looked at again, a clear uh, situation of where the defensive back took out the receiver, and we all said to ourselves, this makes no sense. All right, last night, the Avs lose 3-2 to the Sharks in Game 7. And the Sharks, or I'm, I'm sorry, the Avs had a goal negated because a player of theirs was offside as he was entering the bench. So, so the offside rule was violated because a player with his back to the play, who had no impact on this play at all, was sort of lazy and slow, which is not good, to get off the ice. And because of the period and where the Avs bench was, he was technically inside the zone where the puck was, and he he wasn't supposed to be. Nonetheless, the Sharks called for a replay, and they overturned that call and said no goal, and that, that goal ultimately would have sent the game into OT at 3-3, and they lost 3-2. <clears throat> what can we do here? Like we're now, so we're overturning a goal on which the player in violation had no impact on said goal. But in a key football game, at that point at least, we're not overturning a call that we can all clearly see. Like, I think we all thought when replay was introduced in sports that it was really going to help get things right. And it, it does at times. I'll give you that. But, you know, starting with pop up slides in baseball. I feel it's crossed a threshold of the lack of common sense that can be used makes me want to rethink this in a big way 
to have a lot a better chance of people saying, okay, we can all see upon re- review that this guy, that the defensive back took out the receiver, that's a problem. Uh, or last night saying, okay, we're going to overturn a goal on which the goal was scored, but the guy who was offending here, and not a penalty, offside, is going to the bench. Like, what can we do here? This is cr- this is jumping a shark to me where it's getting ridiculous. I know what Rami's going to say. Get your ass to the bench. You won't be... You won't be uh... Did he break the rule? Did he violate the rule? Does the rule say anything about if you're coming on or off the bench? If you have your back to the play, then it's not a violation? No, he broke the rule. Then he broke the rule. But then he did. Then they got the call right. But, but review. Is... But review in that sense. I just I'm tired of the fact that we can't seem to come to a common sense point where replay helps things. I think that I think so. Th- this is where I agree with you. We've gone too far. If you would have said, okay, here's the purpose of replay. It's to get the obvious blown calls to be overturned. Right. But we didn't really have a great discussion whenever, <laughs> whenever, whenever replay started becoming more prominent again. You know, while well, different sports, it's kind of staggered. Right. We didn't have a great discussion about two things. Number one, the high quality replays that we were going to get as technology evolved, and two, the collateral damage of plays that we never thought of. Like when replay came back, it was: is that ball inside or outside of the foul pole? Like, is right. it a home run? We didn't right. think. Oh, what about like? When we have 4K picture quality and someone pops off the base for a split second and in the history of baseball, nobody would ever, not even like after seeing the replay, like second baseman would still be like, ah, it's, it's good. Honor system, right? We didn't talk about those types of plays. And so now when they come back around, in this case, he was in violation of the rule. The, the rule is the rule and he was in violation of the rule. And is is that... Like, is that type of a play why replay was instituted in the NHL in the first place? No, it was to figure out, are guys in the crease? Is the puck over the net, the line, et cetera? Right, right. But when you open up for some of these things to be reviewed, you're really opening up for all these this things is, to be reviewed. This is the equivalent of in basketball when a player is dribbling near the sideline and the defender reaches and reaches in and he tips it. And in the past, nine, 99 times out of 100, They'd say that's out of bounds on the defender, but now yeah. you watch a replay. This happened and you again see, like a couple games yeah, a couple nights ago. it just happened a couple nights ago. You see a replay, and after the defender tips it, it grazes the fingers of the ball handler, the guy who's dribbling, so it's it's out on the offense. And I mean, that probably wasn't what they had in mind when, when they started using replay for calls like that, but if you get the call right... But the problem is, call right. but the problem is, we're not getting other calls right True. that are actually crucial. That that's where where I'd like to go with the conversation. If we were getting everything right and and some of it annoyed us, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. It's annoying, but it's it's still getting the call right. But it's the problem of not getting other calls right that's driving me crazy. Yeah. We're like getting things right that are minutia. And then it's a major thing happens, and we're like, I can't, yeah. can't overturn that. Like it is weird that a player can get hit with a fifteen yard face back, a face mask penalty that really wasn't. And oh, sorry, it's just not a reviewable call, right? Right. But we can go back and review something completely trivial, and correct. oh, well, it looks like, yeah, that is like in hockey, you can't correct me if I'm wrong, but you can't go in and review like. Um, like hooking or something, a penalty. Right? Yes, yep. which is why the Golden Knights lost because they couldn't go back and look at a penalty that was clearly not. And then we all saw it and like that should not be a major, but it was. So basically, we're not getting things right that we should get right. And I just think 
that there should be a conversation now and perhaps common sense used. I yeah. I don't know. It just it's driving me crazy. Mackie and Jeb with Rami, and uh, because Pat is actually competing with us across the hallway on My Talk 1071, <laughs> the women's talk station. He was dressed up like some sort of Game of Thrones character earlier today in the hallway. That was scary, by the right? way. That was. That, Check out my Twitter account, I, at Phil Mackey. I tweeted the picture. I'm sorry, I did. Creepy. Uh, you and Manny caught up with Pat earlier. We wrap with Royce when we come back. Mackey and Jeb with Rob. All right, it's time to wrap with Royce. It's Zolgad, it's Patrick, and Manny Hill. And now you're asking, well, did Manny just get on the show or what? <laughs> Patrick, the truth is that right now is we're... Killing the AM airwaves, you're on the far more popular FM side. I'm on my talk 107.1. I was supposed to be on with Lori, but Lori's got a bad shoulder. Uh, too many sliders, I guess. I don't know. Uh, too, too many breaking balls. And, uh, I'm gonna, Julia's gonna be my uh, partner today, but we're uh, taping this before the start of the, uh, this will be my third appearance on the Lori and Julia show on my talk as a, co-guest host. I heard that you guys would be getting deep into some Game of Thrones conversation. Oh, yes, uh, although I'm not sure she's as much into it as Lori, so that could be a problem. But we will, pretty soon, maybe right as we're speaking, we'll be revealing why I think it's okay for Danny to be having sexual relationships with her nephew. <laughs> ne- ne- sexual relations with her nephew. We'll, be, we'll get into that. It's very uh, controversial. I have a theory. It is controversial, although not as much in whenever the hell this is supposed to be than uh, prehistoric times than, than, as it is today. But there's a good reason. I mean, I'm not just throwing this out. I've, I've studied the. Uh, I've studied. You've done research. The, I've studied the physiology in this situation, and I'm uh, I'm ready to go with that. I want to say, however, uh, with Manny here, and I read this morning that Gerson went over to Link's practice and bought pizzas for the staff, mm-hmm. and this was proving. How collaborative he was. And Cheryl Reeve basically took a shot at Tibbs by saying it hasn't been like this the last three, four years. And we're very excited about Gerson's collaboration okay. skills being demonstrated already. Right. You know, what on, on Wednesday. He just got the job Monday or sometime. Yep. Monday. So I was thinking when I, I was when I was talking to this fellow, I was thinking there was nothing more collaborative in the history of AM radio than the ride with Ricey. <laughs> and Manny can vouch for, plus the girls down the hall, like Cheryl and the girls yeah. down the hall. Yeah, yeah. I brought them in donuts at least once a week. Yeah. I mean, once a month, not once a week. Yeah. Brought them in Still, donuts, were... brought them in gifts. Was very nice, very outreaching. To the gals down the hall, as as they were turning into so a juggernaut. So the collaboration and, and, the, the and collaboration, culture, and culture of this the culture was, was chemistry. Fantastic. Chemistry. I heard. I heard. Shaq Integrity. And, well, yeah, I'm not sure about that. Pat, I heard Shaq and Kenny and and, yeah. and Charles last well, night. On they were talking about the Celtics, the demise of the Celtics, and there was no chemistry. No, we had. I was thinking we had we great had chemistry, chemistry on the ride we did with have Royce. Chemistry and collaboration. You know. Uh, Manny or Reavers would say something, and I'd say, yeah, who gives a damn? Yeah, that's right. Sure, we'll do that. Why not? You, you know, that was collaboration. That was collaboration. You know, and you got to keep this guy. 
Yep. You know, well, okay, that's fine. So you we'll think Gerson's going to have yeah, the same girl, thing where the Gerson, male yeah. guy maybe tells him, hey, you know, that guy's pretty good. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that that's guy. right. Or, uh, you know, when uh, he hires Ryan, you know, you, you keep the help you got, right? So I think we get the idea, by the way, that he's not Tibbs. No, I think, I think, they're, they're, I think they're trying to get that point and uh, point out that he's... Uh, I, I want him to stop outreaching... And if he's going to shoot 43s a game, I want him to get somebody who can shoot them. That's I'm much more worried about <laughs> yes, that. Might be a good and idea. So whether he's getting along with Cheryl Reeve or not is not really something I'm dwelling on. But all I can say about the collaboration of which Manny and I were part, in the end, it didn't work. So we'll see if this one works. We'll see if this works, right? Are you saying the ride and the wolves might have something in common? Yeah, is that well, the about? similarities are incredible. You know, Gerson should have uh, saved his money on the pizza. Oh, I think we made the playoffs more often than they did, but I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the last few years, so then we got that. I got another point to make. Yeah, mm-hmm. I heard the uh, the conversation you guys had. By the way, there's no better way to kill an hour of Viking Daily or Daily Viking Purple Daily. Purple Daily, yeah. Than having the ESPN come out with a oh god was a that not 10, a gift a hundred thousand oh. simula- simulations to decide who was good yes but I, I heard Collar picking that Frank Reich picking the Colts to win the Super Bowl or go to the Super I think you thought Bowl. they could go to the Super Bowl yeah and Frank and with Frank Reich coaching and I was thinking a year ago right now yeah the legend being passed around in the Twin Cities, and I'm not blaming this on Collar, but in mainstream, highly rated talk sh- sports talk shows, was that Frank Wright had been, you know, there was Doug Peterson, and there was Frank Reich, and there was John Filippo, mm-hmm. but Flip, it was basically Flip and Pe- Peterson, and that Frank Reich was kind of a stooge, you know, yeah. and we were getting the real Genius yeah. <laughs> to go with Peter. We, everybody gave Peterson credit, right? Yep. For being a very innovative guy. But you can go back and the the conversation in Minnesota last May was we got the right they the Colts got the guy the B squad guy of the brain. You know, even though he had the title, De Filippo had a lot more to do with the success and a lot more to do with the planning and the development of the quarterbacks than than this guy. So, you know what? You know what we know in May? Nothing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Very true. Very true. How about the fact that the 27 Yankees, 35 games, Pat, I looked this up last night, were 23 and 12. Same as these twins. They're another coincidence. Who are who are hitting the crap out of the baseball? If you, uh, I've, I've said this uh, almost since we left spring training, that uh, if you send somebody who's subpar out there, they're going to pound them. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know they're you know they're not going to hit Berlander, they're not going to hit Gary Cole, and nobody else is, right? Yeah, right. But you go to that next level and below. And there's a lot below the next level. They're going to pound you. They uh, and you got to give them credit. I mean, James Rousen last year was the hitting coach, and with a lot of these same hitters and whatever philosophies they have adopted that they didn't adopt last year are certainly working. You know, and lift is uh, obviously you know lift the ball, and you see Max Kepler 
how much different he is with his swing. Uh, that used, we used to brag about that nice level flat Max Kepler swing, and he's down there digging it out more than anybody. <laughs> Polanco. Did you ever think Polanco no, would be no, up No, there? no, no, no. Did you ever think he'd I can be now see why he didn't to... like when you said you look bigger in spring training. Yeah. I didn't realize he but, was going to become but, but, a power but hitter. But it's approach, too. Oh, I know. I mean, he's trying to hit the ball yeah. out of the park. Well, he's trying scope? to hit home runs. How about yeah. scope? Scope, scope. That's been a nice... You know, he was a good, good yeah. player two years ago, but you look... anything Anytime you see a stat in Baltimore about power, you're suspicious, mm-hmm. right? Because you don't, you know, you can hit the ball 80% as hard as you got to hit it at target field for it to be a home run. But And, and you know, as an old traditional baseball thinker, you know, I would see scope and i say, boy, I wonder how his range is at second base. And then... The more you think about it, the more you say, well, who cares? There's If there's a left-handed hitter up, there's three guys I didn't think about that, that until you said that yeah. on Unchained a couple weeks ago. You're right. Shortstops and second baseman now are like it's basketball. Yeah, because I looked at this spring, and I said, okay, they got two big problems. I, I thought it was you know starting pitching, yeah. relief pitching. I was worried about the bullpen most, most, starting pitching second. But I said the middle of the infield. Uh, in the field, you know, defensively, for want of a better word, which I hate when it's with baseball. But, but you know, Polanco, and you can get away with these two guys now because range is not a big deal. As long as Polanco gets the ball to first base in the air, you're you're fine. And the scary thing is, is we're not even in the summer yet when the ball's going to start flying oh, out man. even more, you know, and they're going to start hit. They're going to start going up against the White Sox and the Royals more times and. In Detroit, they're going to play Detroit again and again, and they're going to they're going to keep hitting the ball. It seems they like. will. They will have a ten day period when everybody's in the tank, yeah. and, no, and a lot of times it's doesn't revolve around who you're facing, right. but you're, you're run into a couple of good pitchers, and you won't hit for a few days. But but uh, it's uh, quite an impressive uh, hitting collection, that's for sure. All right, sir. I hope you're enjoying things on the controversial FM side. Uh, My talk, man. It's nice to be on an FM juggernaut. Zolgad, um, I'll talk to you later. Bye.